0: Hey there, this is Pastor John Ware, lead pastor of LifeHouse Newport News, a church that exists to help all people experience life change through Christ. Thank you for joining us today on our podcast. We hope it inspires you and gives you perspective to see how God is moving in your life. Now let's get to today's episode. A part of each person's journey is where you're at, where you live. Here's the thing. If you are in the 757, if you're in the city of Newport News, if you're in the city of Hampton, wherever you're at in the 757, chances are you came here because of a job or because you are military or possibly you came here because you started dating somebody here and so you moved here, but you guys have broken up and you're still here, kind of like, what in God's name am I doing here, right? There are so many reasons why you might be in this city. There there might be so many reasons why you are here. Maybe it was a job, military, relationship, whatever. But the bottom line is, no matter how you got here, maybe you were born here. Me, personally, I was born here at Riverside Hospital. So my wife and I, we were actually born in the same hospital 11 days apart and didn't even know it. Yeah, oh, oh, I mean, that really is a crazy thought. Like, just kind of thinking, like, we were both in the same hospital at Lemon Desert. She is actually older than me. I'm not, I don't mean to call her out, but she definitely looks younger and more beautiful than I am. But here's the thing, right? Here's the thing. I am a lifer here, right? And, I mean, I moved away for, for about five or, or six years at college and for my first job. But for, for, the, for the most part, this has been my home. And here's the thing, no matter how you got here, for whatever circumstance, you are here now. You are here. And here's the thing, I say that because some of us can sometimes question why we are the where we're at. And we, can, and, and we can sometimes get down and depressed and question God, why the heck am I even in this city? Right, here's the thing, one of our church's values, one of the, the core values of our church, whenever we first started dreaming about what Lifehouse could and should be, one of the core values that I believe God gave gave us was this value of being for our city, where we want, as when people think about Lifehouse Church and about the kind of church we are, one of the things that we wanted people to know us by is that we were a church that was for our city. Now, why, why out of all the values that a church could have, why did we choose for our city? Let me tell you why. It's because, honestly, unfortunately, not just in our city, but in the United States, the church is typically known by what it is against instead of what it's for think about it Your friends that don't give a rip about jesus your friends that don't care about church jesus whenever if you were to go to them and ask them tell me what you think about jesus in the church do you think they would start with all the things the church is for or all the things the church is against pastor mark driscoll he he did this huge research project he passes a church in scottsdale arizona and he did this huge research project that wanted to know what do, what do people that aren't Christian, people that don't believe our faith, what do they think about the church? So he, so, so, so he hired a company, did 100,000 calls, did focus groups, questionnaires, all of these things. I mean, he spent a lot of money because he wanted to get into the mind, what do people that don't confess Jesus, what do they think about Jesus in the church? And let me tell you some of his results. He said this, that what he saw, that was his book name. It's called Christians Might Be Crazy. Because one of the things, that a, a typical thing, a typical theme he saw whenever he was doing these focus groups is people think Christians are crazy. They think we've lost it. And he said this whole Christians Might Be Crazy thing it actually breaks down into these things. This is what it says. Intolerance. We're just against different kinds of of people, and, and, and we're just in, intolerant. The second, objection. We're against abortion and gay marriage. Third is politics. Fourth, hypocrisy. Ex- exclusivity. Inequality. Scripture. The Bible is just a bunch of just compiled stories, right? So here's the thing. Like, this is what people that, that, that don't know Jesus think, and when whenever they hear Jesus in the church, this is what automatically comes to their minds. And I look at that list, and Like, it just breaks my heart of, of like, is this the way people view us? I'm just like, how in the world did Jesus' message get so contorted? How did it get so contorted? How did it get so, like, you've got what Jesus said and what Jesus proclaimed and how Jesus lived, and how in the world did it get 2,000 years later where, like, we are known by what we're against instead of who and what we're for. When I look at Jesus's life, and here's the thing, right? Jesus was sent from God. Jesus was sent from the Father. He was sent down to be the full representation of who God is. Jesus sent us the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit sends the church. So we are called to be the full representation. The church is actually supposed to be called the body of Christ, meaning we are the physical representation of a God that cannot be seen. And if people are going to actually know who God is and what God's like, that's the reason Jesus has created the the church, was to share and show the world who God is and what God's like. So my question is, is what are we showing the world? What and who are we showing the world who we are? Or when I see Jesus' message, if you were to compile it and kind of just a couple uh, a, a couple of scripture verses that Jesus said, I think John three sixteen and seventeen sum it up. With some of y'all, like you learned that back in grade school. I remember growing up, my parents used to pay me to learn Bible verses. They would like slip me five dollar bill, and say, "Hey John, if you go and learn this, I'll give you five bucks." I'm like, "Yo, I'm down. I'll go learn John what twenty what whatever. I'll I'll, I'll go learn. Give me some money." And my son's the same way. My son Jackson loves money. I'm like, man, we got some work to do with this kid. Because he just just wants money. Right? But here's the thing. When I see John 3, 16 and 17, check it out. This is what it says. says, for God so hated the world. No. For God so loved the world that he gave. He didn't take. He gave his one and only son that whoever. Everyone say who, Whoever. Whoever. Not select whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but to save it. We can see Jesus is for people. If you were to sum up Jesus' message, Jesus is for people. People are what Jesus died for. People is what Jesus' heartbeat is. When you look at Jesus' life, you can tell the people he ticked off the most were the most religious. Because they put traditions over people. They put laws over people. And the thing that ticked Jesus off the most was saying, you do all of these acts, all of these services, all of these facts, all of this giving, but you neglect the most important thing, which is bringing justice and love to people. It's amazing where you see Jesus is for people. But it's amazing to look at Jesus' life to see what Jesus was actually against. Let me tell you what we see from Jesus' life, what he was against. Hypocrisy. That's what he ate the Pharisees up for. He ate their breakfast. I mean, he was like, dude, you guys do all of the You tie that out of your spice rack. You present this you got these good clothes on and you go out and you pray loudly and you just let everyone know how holy and spiritual you are. But on the inside you're full of dead man's bones because you don't actually practice what you preach. It's all a show. And he says hypocrisy, like Jesus is against hypocrisy. How is the church typically known as? hypocrites? Jesus was against people abusing power where that's what he got on the first. He said, look, y'all got this power, but you don't use it to serve people. You use people to serve you. And what is the church typically known for? Pastors and leaders abusing power. They use their influence for personal gain. They use their influence for financial gain. And they think people exist to serve them instead of saying we exist to serve. The church is also known for being or excuse me, Jesus is also known for being about like hoarding money and, and possessions. Like probably most of the people that have beef with you about Jesus in church say things like this. It's all about money. Church just wants money. Just wants, just wants my money. Why? Because the church for so long has like, we into building projects, all this stuff. You know, and <laughs> I love Steve, Steve Harvey. <laughs> Steve Harvey's the man, right? Steve Harvey, he was doing stand-up comedy one day and he was like, no, my church always talks about building funds. He's like, we had a building fund for 10 years, and I never saw a doorknob put on the church. <laughs> but honestly, when people think of the church, they think it's all about money. And Jesus, one of, one of, one of Jesus' biggest messages and things was, if you got money, it's not yours. You, don't build your life around the, around the accumulation of money and stuff. Matter of fact, get rid of it because it contaminates you. And we see whenever churches make it all about money and, and financial gain and wealth, it can't not contaminate you. Not saying, here's the thing God gives us money. What we say at the church, God blesses us to be a blessing, not blesses us so we can hoard. He blesses us to bless. What we can also see is Jesus, he was against traditions that, that enslaved people. Instead of serve people, it's these things that how the world sees the church is all the stuff that Jesus was for. Excuse me, Jesus was against Here's the, here's the thing. the heart with, for, with with for our city is restoring the original purpose and mission of the church, really of Jesus actually. was Jesus was known by what he was for instead of what he was. Against how do, Why do you think sinners were attracted to, to Jesus? This just boggles my mind. How Jesus in the form, God in the form of a human being, he attracted sinners. Why doesn't the church attract sinners? I don't think Jesus was up there telling people how bad they were and how much they suck. The only way that I could see sinners being attracted to him was if he was looking past what they were doing into who they were. There were people created in the image of God that had value and worth. And Jesus said, I want to focus on what I'm for instead of what I am against. And where he was most outspoken and, who he, and what he was against is to those who thought themselves as being the most religious and self-righteous. So here's the thing. My heart with this talk at Life House today is to prayerfully get in you the heart and vision to be for our city. So, with the church, our church, but not just our church, the church, we start being known by what it's for instead of what it is against. So, how do we be a church that's for our city? I want to take you to an Old Testament passage, Jeremiah twenty twenty nine. Some of y'all know that. Oh, Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. For I know the plans has for you. Well, here's the thing: we got to read that in context, right? Let's just be honest. As Christians, what we do is we take out verses and make them say what they want them to. And this is one that people do that with. I'm going to share some context with you about Jeremiah 20, 29 and then and give you some context for it. And then say, how does that apply to right now? Here's the thing, right? The whole story of the Old Testament is God wanted to show himself through a people group. Why? Because God always chooses to show himself through people. Because he wants to reveal who he is is and even in the old testament he wanted to reveal himself through a people group so he chose a people the israelites and gave them a, a specific land and said in this land you are going to grow but there is a condition you've got to obey me if you if if you will obey me i'll bless you if you don't foreign lands and foreign armies they will come and invade you and take you out and you'll be scattered and this is exactly what happened here. We find ourselves in, Jer- in, the book of Jer- in the book of the prophet Jeremiah in chapter 29. Israel was in this period of disobeying God. And so now they were being scattered and splintered and split out in so many different, in, in so many different ways. And a part of, of that is, is part of the Israelites were sent to be in exile in the nation of Babylon, which is like sending Washington Redskin fans to live in Dallas. Like, it was not good. Like, everything was different. Everything was, it was a different culture. And I mean, you're talking about Jews living in a land where they're slaughtering pigs. And saying, let's have some ham and bacon. Where they were, they were in a land that wasn't their home. They were in a foreign land where they were, where they were called Exiles. Here's, here's the thing. This applies to us because, check it out, this is what 1 Peter chapter 2 tells us about Christians living in this world. It says this, dear friends, this is Peter talking to, to, to a bunch of churches spread out. He said this, dear friends, I urge you, as foreigners and exiles, to abstain from sinful desires which bore against your soul. This such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good dudes, your good dudes, your good deeds, your good dudes, on, and glorify God on the day he visits us. But then we also see in Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, it says, and this is Paul here talking, he said, but our citizenship, he's talking about believers, our citizenship is in heaven. And we get a way to save her from there Jesus. so what Peter and Paul are saying is in many ways Christians are this exiles. this isn't our home we're living and and we're living and operating in a place and space that ultimately isn't our final destination, that we are living here, that we are being temporarily housed here and stored here for a certain uh, certain uh, amount of time, but this is not our ultimate final home and what we see Israel and Jeremiah chapter 29 is at this place where they are in a home that isn't their home, that is well, wasn't their ultimate purpose. So what we're going to do is we're going to dive in here to Jeremiah 29, starting in verse number four, and we're going to see what did the prophet Jeremiah through God tell the Israelites that is applicable to us right here and right now. Is where where here's the thing if you're a Christ follower here today that as Exiles in the city of Newport News or the 757, how we should live and be as people. This is what it says. This is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel, says to all those I carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon Build houses and settle down, plant gardens and eat what they produce, marry and have sons and daughters, find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase in number there, do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, because if it prospers, you too will prosper. Yes, this is what the Lord Almighty, the God of Israel says. Do not let the prophets and diviners among you deceive you. Do not listen to the dreams you encourage them to have. They are prophesying lies to you in my name, and I have not sent them. We're going to break break this down, because I believe there are three specific things that this scripture tells us as Christians Exiles in this land that we are called to do if we're going to be for our city. First off here, I want to point out this. It says this here. It, it says, hold on, let me, see, let, me see, let me see. It says this, to all those I carried into exile. So the prophet Jeremiah is delivering God's word, and he's saying it, and he says to these Jews, look, you just haven't been sentenced here. You've been sent here. And there's a huge difference because honestly, Israel would have never thought that God would have put them in a place where they were in a foreign land, exiles in this land that wasn't their home. And here's the thing. Israel had this, a victim mentality. Man, we got sent here. We are terrible. We stink. But the prophet came and, and said this, you have been carried here. I used the Babylonians to bring you into this place for a purpose thing if we're going to see this city change if we're going to be a church that is for our city in, individually we've got to stop thinking we've been sentenced here and realize that we have been sent here doesn't matter how you got here doesn't matter if you think you are in exile here doesn't matter if you think you are in prison in this city Maybe you started dating someone and then you got here and they bailed on you. And you're like, why am I in this city? I believe that no matter why you're here in this city, God has a purpose and plan for you being right here, right now. And the thing is this, when you are a sent one, this is, this is what, what is the actual word for that? Missionary. 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 It's so funny. We will go on missions trips. Okay. Okay. Guess I'm going to talk about it. Ain't, ain't, Ain't got no options. But here's the thing. We will go on missions trips to a different country and do the things we won't even do here. Like we will go and have weeks in different countries. And I'm not saying that's all good. Here's the thing. Go on mission trips, like for real, I heard one guy say this: mission trips is the equivalent of hearing ten thousand sermons. Where what you get out of out of it is breathtaking. I'm, I'm not saying we're not going to do mission trips. We're we're excited whenever we build that church in South Africa. We want the first trip that we go on as a church to go over there and see that church built. Like that's what we want to do, right? Like that's what our like we are for foreign we are for foreign missions. Like we are all. About that, but here's the thing it's got to start in our own city, it's got to start in our own backyard, it's got to start in our families. It's got to start first off with Pastor John being sent to his kids and being sent to his wife. Like, we got to stop seeing ourselves that we've been sentenced in this city in the 757, and we've got to start seeing ourselves the way that God does. And we haven't been sentenced here, we've been sent here. And if we have been sent, that there is a purpose that God has for us. Being here, I love hearing stories about people, a couple of them that I can hear in our church, carriers, Adam and Mary Dawn and John and Renee Beamer, saying about how they've had the opportunities to go to different cities and live in nicer places and live in nicer parts of the 757, but they've said, we feel called to this city. I love that. Said, you know, we could go and have it easier somewhere else but we feel like we have been called to this city. That sounds a little bit like someone I know. Oh, Jesus, who could have been a lot more comfortable, had a lot more space and a lot more room up in heaven. And he had a lot more room there. It was a lot more peaceful there. But he left his comfort to enter into our world and to enter our hell to bring more of heaven to it. And that's what we've got to see. We haven't been sent; since We've been sent here to do what? Bring more of heaven onto earth. Jesus prayed, oh, have your will done on earth as it's already done in heaven. Essentially saying, as Christ followers, we are sent here to bring more of the kingdom values, what Jesus is for, onto this planet. We are the ambassadors and representation of him. Y'all, we've got to see ourselves as being sent. And we've got to stop saying we're going to go over to some other country and do what we're called to do here. You're sent to your neighborhood. That that's why we give out that's why we that's why we give you door hangers. Own your neighborhood. Like that join up with some life house fires. Have a barbecue. Have a cookout. Invite people over. Have your church be the, be the, your church. Have your home be the hub of blessing and, pros- and prosperity in your neighborhood. Because it starts there. You've been sent. My prayer is that every single person here would see themselves as being sent, not sentenced. Secondly, we see here in Jeremiah 29, 5 through 7, it says this. Build houses and settle down. Plant guards and eat what they produce. Marry and have sons and daughters. Find wives for your sons and give your daughters in marriage so that they too may have sons and daughters. Increase the number there. Do not decrease. Also seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which... I carried you into exile. What you, see him say, what you see him saying here is invest in your family. I think the best thing we can do to see our city prosper is invest in our families, individually. Where, here's the thing, mom, dad, you prioritize your family. You prioritize time with them. You prioritize investing in, in, in them. It's not about what you leave to your kids. It's about what you leave in them. It's not because here's the thing, we spend so much time trying to leave something to them that we take away the time that they actually need to invest something in them. You're not just trying to leave them money. You need to leave in them a calling and a purpose and an identity. And then, but I love how it says, have kids. Be fruitful. Multiply. Some of y'all, that's y'all's call. But here's the thing. It's all fun and games, but possibly you might say, the, we, the, we can't have kids. Well, do you know what? Your call might be to provide homes for those that don't have a home. And then here's the thing. We, in church, we always glamorize marriage and family. And, you know, it's good. It definitely is. But at the same time, you are no less if you're single. No less. See what Paul said on singleness. Singleness. But not just just that. A way to take and make your situation work for the good of our city, for the good of God's glory is possibly you might have a perfectly created atmosphere in your home to take in kids that don't have a home. Here's the thing. Sometimes you can't control the hand you've been dealt. Right? There's a lot of things we can't control that we'll never know why on this side of eternity. But at the same time, God calls us to take what was intended for evil in our lives and take it and make it work for God's good and for, and for our good. I love what it says here. It says, seek the peace and welfare of the city. The peace and welfare of the city. Now, here's the thing. When we hear that word peace, we think the absence of, of conflict because we don't have a Hebrew connotation of this word. Whenever that word is used here in the Hebrew, it's, it is the word shalom. Everyone say shalom. The connotation of this word is one that doesn't just mean the absence of peace. It means the safety, health, thriving interpersonal relationships, economic development, social relationships. It's, it's, it's basically saying we want to see the city thrive and have life. In every way, and I don't know if here's the thing: the church is for life. We're people life because we serve a God of life. He, matter of fact, he so for, he's so for life. He death It gives everyone the opportunity to enter into life. So the church should be the most life giving, life proponent, life place on this planet. But then too, it should overflow out of here into the city. Here's the thing, where as a church, we seek the betterment of the city and not just the growth of the church. We say we want to see, here's the thing, we want to see crime down. We we want to see the poor fed and back on, on their feet. We want to see the homeless find a home and get back up. We want to see our kids and teenagers prioritized, mentored. We want to see good education. Equal opportunities. Find racial healing and reconciliation. Whatever leads to human flourishing, what this is saying here is seek the peace and welfare. It's basically saying whatever leads to human beings flourishing, be about that. Which this had to just shake Israel because they're like, you want us to bring life to Babylon? Like we don't like them. God said, look, I don't care where you go. You're called to be people of life. Where do you go? Bring it. And when we say we want to be for our city, we're saying this. We want to be people that are about human flourishing in every single way. We understand we can't solve every problem, but we can find some. We can do our part. That's why God puts different churches in in the city that they're in. Why? Because so they can have a specific calling and do what he's called them to do. Here's the thing, right? It's, it would be easy for people since, here's the thing, right? We're in a very transient area. People in and out, in and out, in and out, whether you're here military or whether you're here, right? Because a lot of, of people from what I've just seen in our church are here for like a year, two years, three years, four years. And what it's easy to do is, here's the thing, we can become tourists that just consume instead of people that work for the good, welfare, and peace of the city while we are here. Here's the thing, right? If you are here for if let's just say you PCS here, let's just say you've been here, if you are here and you know you're gonna be leaving, like you know you're gonna be here a year, two years, three years, four years, whatever. I wanna encourage you, do as much as you can with the time you have. Don't just come here and consume. Don't just come here and point fingers. Don't just come here and say, it's bad news. Don't just come here and say all of this stuff. Say, since I'm here, since I've been sent here, how can I work to see the peace and welfare and human flourishing in our city? And here's the thing, right? If you are a part of, of this church, we, we, we want to encourage you, no matter how long you're going to be a part of this church here, we want you to get involved, I think so many people don't want to serve or get involved or go to a group or something like that because they think, well, I'm only here for one or two years. Get the most out of this church as you possibly can. It's not a problem to us. We got a spot for you. We got a place for you. If it's not a problem to us, don't let it be a problem for you. Because here's the thing. We know if we can pour into you a year, two years, six months, whatever, you can take what you have learned here and take it to some other church and be a blessing there. We've seen that so many ways here, but we've got people that come in, the PCS here, that come in, jobs, shipyard, whatever, and they're such a blessing to our church. I just want to call the other pastor and be like, I don't know what you did to them. I don't know what you poured into them, but thank you, because they're a blessing to our church. And that's, what, and that's what we want to do. If you are here for any amount of time, don't, don't just consume sermons. Don't just consume. Say, how can I get involved? Why? There are kids in LifeHouse Kids right now, Pro- probably 50, 60 kids over, over there right now. Waiting for you to go invest in them. Waiting, waiting for your words of encouragement. Waiting, waiting for your touch on on them because they don't have a father. Wait, waiting for you to pour in. To them. We have people walking into this place broken, hurting. You might be in this place right now and you walked in, this is your last chance on God. You just this is your last chance on church. Like you don't know, like you just came in here broken and 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 here's the thing, it was a Carrie Jones hug, or it was someone else's hug, or, or, or here's the thing, it was somebody else's embrace that told you you are valuable and worth something. And, and that's the thing, the environment we create here is built on, is built by you. And no matter how long you're here, we just want to encourage you, don't consume, but get involved. Actually, this month is Next Steps Month. Here's the thing. If you are a part of, of this church, we encourage every single person here to be a part of what God's doing here in some capacity, where you're just not here just to consume. it. for some of you, it might get you out of your comfort zone. You might have to maybe do something that you're not really. You know what? I find the most growth happens when you're outside of your, of your comfort zone, getting outside of the box and getting in there. Here's, a, here's the thing. The church isn't here just to consume. And this is the way people see churches, unfortunately. Is they see the church is just here to get something from people instead of seeing the church is here to give something to, to people. That's why even the first thing we give when, when people come into our church is free coffee and donuts. Because we want them to know we're not here to get something from you. all just We are here to give you a God that loves you, that cares for you, that is for you, and wants to see you live your best. Love what it says, says here too. He says, and pray to God for the city. Pray to God for the city. So, so here's the thing and can do in this city with a church that is outward focused and that is focused on what it's for instead of what it's against. Lastly, if we could have the keyboard come up just to hold me accountable. Third, we need to learn to be in not of. In not of what are you saying here, John? Here's, a, here's the thing, y'all. We understand that as we are working to be a church that is for our city and seeing our city improved and praying for it, not everyone is going to be a Christian. Do we want them to be? Yep. We're gonna pray that they do. Yep. We want everyone to know this good news of Jesus Christ, that we were separated from God because of our sin, but Jesus came and lived the life we couldn't live, died the death that we should have died in our place and for our sins. It just gives us the opportunity to receive what he's done by grace through faith. It's nothing you can actually earn. It's simply received, and now we, leave, now we live from the approval of God instead of striving to live for the approval of God. The approval of God we get is because of Jesus. And we just get on the, the Jesus train. We want the world to know that. That's good news. Why? The gospel gives every person what they need in in their soul. It gives them a a new identity. It tells them who they actually are. It tells them who loves them. It says they've got purpose now. The gospel answers the three questions every person craves. Who am I? Why am I on this planet? And where am I going? The gospel is is good news but we understand at the same time in this city we're gonna work with some people that aren't christians oh okay we're we're totally for that why is what this said here jeremiah in this last part he basically said this don't like if they're prophesying like people like don't serve their god that's where you draw the line like don't don't be like like, worshiping the the sun. sun Here's the thing, we, we might not have a common God, but we can find and work towards the common good. We might not have a common God, but as being a church that's for our city, we're going to say we can work with and work for and towards the common good. And that's what, as a church that's for our city, we're going to do. The bottom line is this, the world needs to encounter Christians that, 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 that honestly just confuses them. I do this all the time. People ask me, what do you do? I'm a pastor. And they're like, first you stutter, that's weird. Secondly, secondly, you wear Jordans. I'm like, I, is there something in the Bible that says like a pastor can't wear Jordans or something? You saying it just confuses them because they're like, you're like really thought, thoughtful. You don't like condemn me. And I'm, I'm like, y'all, Jesus was confusing. So be like Jesus. As we strive to realize we're sent here, work towards the betterment of, of our city, pray for our city, and learn what it means to be in, not of. Because honestly, this is the way the world sees us. Y'all put up this pic. And y'all think I'm kidding like this whole Westboro Baptist thing. Because it's so out there in the news, whenever they think or hear of Christians, this is what a lot of people think. And y'all, we gotta change that. Whatever context God puts you in, your family, your job, your social events, we're called to be ambassadors. And what do ambassadors do? They represent a kingdom thats not that, that is somewhere else. And that's what we're called. To be. You know, you might be the only Bible that anyone ever reads. You can take the Bible and throw it at people, read the Bible! But the thing is, they're not going to pick it up. What they might see that leads them to read the Bible is reading right your life. Here's the thing if your Sunday doesn't influence your Monday through Saturday, your Sunday's pointless. Here's the thing what I'm saying, Jesus confused many, be like Jesus. We're like, what? he's so nice, but he's got such morals and values. Like we don't agree on, on everything, but he's still nice to me. He still like treats me with respect. He doesn't like call me out on Facebook. He doesn't like, like there is mutual respect of us being made in the image of God. And y'all, if we're going to be a church that's for our city, We've got to have Jesus be the example. Here's the thing, we didn't plant a church in in the city because this city needed one. There's a lot of churches in the city, over 375 churches in in the city, I believe. We planted a church to impact a city. And prayerfully, we can start a movement in our city of churches, of faith communities that are for our city. We're seeing this this isn't about a church, this is about the church. We want to see the church rebranded. We, we want to see the church known as what it's for instead of what it is against. And that's what I invite you to join in with. Individually, this has got to be a decision that we all make and then corporately. We make it and say as one, we want to go forward in being a church that is for our city. Amen. Thank you again for joining us on the LifeHouse Newport News podcast. If you're ever in the Hampton Roads area, we'd love for you to join us at one of our live worship experiences at 9 a.m. or 10.30 a.m. at the Regal Kiln Creek movie theaters. Until then, feel free to check us out at www.theaterchurchinam.com or on any social media platform. Thank you so much, and God bless.